Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Diana Olenik, and on this show, we dive into the cutting-edge worlds of XR, Web3, and artificial intelligence with the brightest minds in the industry, bringing you exclusive insights and game-changing conversations that will revolutionize your understanding of the future. Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast, where we explore the limitless possibilities of extended reality, Web3, and AI with the brightest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Diana Olenik, and today we have an extraordinary guest who will take you on an immersive journey into the cutting edge of XR innovation. I'm speaking about Valentino Megal, who is a tech entrepreneur focused on XR technologies applied to digital health and mental well-being. TEDx speaker, author, and lecturer. He's also a startup founder, CEO of Softcare Studios, a digital health startup developing virtual reality solutions for drug-free stress and pain management of patients undergoing medical treatments. He's also the advisor of the global initiative XRSI on the topics of medical XR, safety and privacy in the metaverse, and child safety in virtual worlds. I can't wait to begin. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Valentino, for being here today. Of course, as always, we are very excited to hear from entrepreneurs like you. So please let us know at this point, we were discussing and you mentioned you are in Rome at this point. Super exciting. How is Rome at this uh, moment, actually? It's uh, definitely a very nice day and a nice evening. It's already spring here and I'm at the Rome Business School right now. So right back, uh, a lesson dedicated on new technologies from AI to virtual reality. So it's, uh, everything is really okay. It's, it's very creative at the moment. You know, it's, uh, after the pandemic, finally, many people are coming again to Rome, visiting the city. And it's also a huge opportunity for people, you know, entrepreneurs, students, teachers to meet again after all these uh, weeks and months spent online to share again ideas on place. Yes, that sounds amazing. I think that now it's, we knew, we kind of felt after the pandemic, there is going to be this huge exactly. shift in many ways, because after being isolated, the way that we're going to see the world is in a different way, even, <laughs> even more appreciative about things that are coming now. Thank you so much for expanding on that. And now I'd like to know, a little bit about your background, your amazing story, and how that led you to the creation of Softcare Studios. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. And uh, again, welcome to all uh, uh, the attendants, all the audience. So uh, my name is Valentino Megale. I'm a scientist by training. So I really started my career as a researcher in life science, especially with a PhD in neuropharmacology. And the interesting thing is that I started with a wet lab. So I started working in the traditional laboratory, medical laboratory, synthesizing drugs with potential brain effects. So uh, at one moment, at the end of my PhD, um, together with my colleagues, I was already working with them, with engi uh, biomedical engineers, computer scientists, uh, even game designers and VR developers. I started uh, to discuss with them the opportunity to explore the, the potentialities of new technologies, of digital technologies, such as virtual reality, uh, to improve the experience of patients in the hospital. Because we understood that, you know, when, when you talk about therapy, 
is not only about medical procedures or the administration of drugs. It's a 360-degree holistic experience. It's all about emotions, all about social connections. It's about loneliness also. And they are, and all the uh, stressful and, we can say, feelings that patients experience within the clinical context. So all these aspects um, are able to deeply and also negatively impact the outcomes of therapy. So we said, okay, uh, drugs are already used and they are used to, to, to specifically treat specific conditions of patients. But what about new technologies? Virtual reality is an experiential technology. It's all about providing, you know, the opportunity to feel yourself present in another space than the physical one when you are. And thanks to virtual reality, we have the opportunity to take the patients beyond the walls of the hospitals. So all this started from this. Uh, we were discussing with uh, some pharma company at the very beginning, back in 2016, about how to improve the adherence to therapy of patients, making them more compliant, more collaborative, more engaged, even despite all the challenges of therapy in the hospital without using drugs. And it's nice to, to, to highlight this point because, you know, a lot of our work started collaborating with pharma companies. And you say pharma company is a company producing drugs. But a lot of pharma companies, they understood that, yes, digital technologies are a huge potential to go beyond the pill, to go beyond the drugs, for a drug company, for a pharma company. So we started this uh, project back in 2016. And in 2017, after an accelerator program that we completed in Darmstadt, uh, Merck Pharma Company, um, we went back to Rome. We decided, yes, we want to make it real. We had this idea of helping children in the hospital using virtual reality. So we decided to launch and register our company officially, Softcore Studios. So the goal of Softcore Studios is using virtual reality as a way to improve the therapy experience of patients, but especially to uh, change the way we manage pain and anxiety in patients undergoing very stressful medical treatments. So we started with pediatrics with a first project called Tommy. Uh, we started with pediatric oncology and then expanded also in time. And we are now using Tommy uh, as a virtual sedation tool. It means that normally children undergoing very uh, painful and stressful treatments like vascular access, um, in the most of cases, they are sedated, totally sedated. So it's total sedation because it's very painful, very stressful. In the 90% of cases where we are using our solution with them, with children, we can avoid the need to administer drugs, to, to administer sedation. So we are using virtual reality as an alternative, which is digital and drug-free, to sedation. It's virtual sedation. Thanks to this, you know, you are able to reduce and to limit potential adverse effects from coming from drugs. You are able to also save time and costs for the medical specialist and improve the experience, the overall experience of the therapy and the medical procedures for children. And that was the very beginning. We started with children. We are now also expanding our solutions, working with adult patients, with elder patients. And uh, it's all we can say the result of a very multidisciplinary team. So our team started with five co-founders. 
I'm a scientist from neuropharmacology. We had uh, we have um, biomedical engineers, computer scientists. So this kind of very um, very diverse team allowed us to connect the potentialities of new technologies with the big challenges of healthcare. These two fields are not always very connected. Okay, in a lot of cases, digital technologies are uh, running very fast, especially today. Healthcare system is very conservatory, yeah. of course. Luckily, also, I always say luckily, because it's all about our healthcare. So just think, imagine about the healthcare system who is introducing ChatGPT or any kind of new tool at a daily base. It's not safe yeah. for patients. So, you know, a healthcare system, which is quite traditional, is a good safe measure for us. But at the same time, virtual te- digital technologies, virtual reality, uh, are providing a lot of benefits and potentialities. Mm-hmm. So it's nice when responsibly, safely, uh, patients can access these new potentialities, new opportunities coming from digital technologies. And with software studios, this is something that we want to do. Yeah, wow, that sounds amazing. I really, really love that story. I feel, of course, moved by when you particularly show the example of software studios initiating these uh, program or these treatments with particularly pediatrics and oncology for these kids. I wonder what happens in the brain or what is that particular effect that has of virtual reality that can come to the point sometimes to even maybe, I'm not a scientist, but it seems like it can maybe sometimes replace somehow the the regular medicine, especially sedation. For me, this blows my mind and it opens up for me in my mind a new understanding of you know, the brain or, or like, or like the, the ways that the organism even works. So I'm super curious about that. Yeah. You know, um, I always call the virtual reality as a sort of microscope for our mind because, um, we are quite used, you know, to, to go to the gym, uh, build our bodies, work on our bodies, improve our physical skills, but we don't understand how flexible and how adaptable is our brain? This is something amazing. And, uh, you know, our brain takes all the inputs from the external world. It processes them. And the result are our actions and interactions, our behavior. So the problem is that when it comes for pain, uh, pain is only partially a physical sensation, a physical uh, feeling. And meaningful part of pain is all in our mind. So it's a psychological aspect. And virtual reality is a cognitive technology. It's a technology made to engage our brain and also minimize potentially the perception of pain. Because uh, if you want to define virtual reality as a digital technology uh, designed to simulate the sense of presence in another space. So you suddenly you can be in a jungle, even if you are just comfortably sitting on your couch. And uh, uh, after a couple of minutes, even if you know that you are in virtual reality, um, your brain starts reacting. Your brain sees a jungle. You hear the sounds of the jungle. So because of that, your brain starts thinking, okay, maybe you're not so sure, but I'm thinking we are in a jungle. So we need to react to all these stimuli all around, maybe a rock falling, 
maybe you know a bird flying very close and so on so your brain starts reacting to virtual stimuli as if they were real this is the sense of presence even if you know that you are in virtual reality and this is the magic of virtual reality so uh, when a patient is undergo just a painful treatments in the most of cases all the pain that he perceives or she perceives is also you know determined by the clinical settings by the fear, the anxiety, all the medical specialists coming around and so on. It's a, it's a very complex scenario. With virtual reality, we are able to drastically, dramatically reduce the psychological aspects of pain. And thanks to this, you know, our patients, they still feel a little bit of pain, but not enough to require the need of for sedation. You know, the, the first case of using virtual reality for pain management was in the 90s. So virtual reality, the first headset of virtual reality was created with a head tracking in the 1969. So it's not a new technology. And in the 90s, end of the 90s, Dr. Hunter Hoffman and David Peterson, they use virtual reality for pain management of war veterans. And that was an, an amazing first case. They made even uh, medical imaging of the brains of people, and they saw that the brain areas that perceive pain, they were shutting down where people was immersed in virtual reality. And that was something amazing. So something, because it's not only about um, destruction, it's about our brain starts working differently when we are in virtual reality. And there are a lot of things still to understand, a lot of studies to be done, but the the objective reality is that you can minimize pain using a digital tool instead of using drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, explaining us that. I also, like this leads to many things, as you mentioned, because then in the, in the field of medicine, at least, this opens up opportunities to explain if this happens with pain, what other things, right? can be mm -hmm. manipulated in relationship with what we see, what we hear, and how much of that is subjective and is projected, yeah. et cetera. All of these interesting things about the mind, which I am super mm -hmm. passionate about, by the way, but I don't want to deviate. So I am very <laughs> curious to know a little bit about the specifics of Tommy and mm -hmm. also even maybe later I can ask you about this, Noah and Ariel, I think. Tommy, mm -hmm. some sort of projects out there. But let us know about Tommy. Uh, like specifically, what would be the experience of Tommy and why it's so good, you know, for, for kids? It's, it's about a game, <laughs> I believe. It's a, it's a gamified virtual reality experience because, you know, um, uh, gamification, gaming is the natural way children use to cope with, uh, with anxiety, with stress. So it's a, it's a tool to engage children. Uh, it's, um, we can say it's a fantasy game. Mm -hmm. So the, the setting is fantasy. Uh, children find themselves in a, on a fantasy island where they have a, a wand, a magic wand and a magic book. They can choose different kind of activities. And we decided, so we understood that, you know, when you go to the hospital, there is no one patient similar to another one. Every patient is unique. There are many conditions that patients are facing. So you cannot provide one experience to all. Uh, so we decided to provide a little library of content, some content, some activities, some gaming activities that are good to relax children because some, some children are very tired, especially in the pediatric oncology. So they don't want to react so much. They want just to relax, make mindfulness activities and so on. 
Then we have some activities that are more dynamic where children um, could play, for instance, rhythm games inside of Tommy. And these kind of games uh, and gaming activities are very good at managing pain. Because when you manage pain, you should prioritize interactive content, content that uh, couple and engage both the, the visuals and also the hearing the stimuli and also the movement. Uh, and that's interesting because in our case, children undergo um, this invasive medical procedures like vascular access. So they cannot move half of their body, but they still can play with the other half of the body. Of course, the playing is very limited because they cannot move too much. Otherwise, you know, we, it's, it's not safe to complete the medical procedure. But uh, Tommy is administered for 40, yeah, max 40, 50 minutes, max, for children between 7 and 13 years old. And it can be used for children, you know, during medical treatment, a specific medical treatment, uh, before the medical treatment to relax them, uh, during long-term hospitalization to reduce also all the anxiety especially in pediatric oncology. Uh, so this is a tool that uh, well-trained medical operators can use to better manage patients, help them relax, and also help them manage pain without drugs. So this is Tommy. Uh, it, in, we started developing Tommy with a Google Daydream, the very first headset that we use. Then we moved to Oculus Go, Oculus Quest. Now it's MetaQuest 2. Uh, we passed many generations. Um, and, um, it's a, it's a tool that sometimes when children, you, you know, you, you talked, um, you said one important thing, virtual reality is something that can replace reality sometimes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, Hey, children are wearing virtual reality headsets and it's about isolating children. It's not about isolating children. It's about reconnecting children with their needs in a, very stressful clinical context where they are limited or isolated from the world. And I want to cite one thing, a very interesting thing, that in a lot of cases, children in the hospitals, they don't talk too much with the medical specialists. So, you know, medical special specialists are working hard, very hard. They are very engaged, involved in the work, and they don't talk too much with children because they are very busy. And this is something isolating for children it's it's uh, very challenging for them when they start playing tommy the medical specialist sometimes use tommy as a uh, we can say a way to start discussing with children hey what do you see inside of tommy what are you doing inside of tommy and suddenly a tool which is theoretically isolating children is reconnecting people across realities and this is something amazing that happened during the years and, you know, it's, uh, yes, virtual reality is isolating the person, but if well-designed and well-used, it can reconnect people, even beyond the, the walls of the hospitals or beyond the, the screen that we use in virtual reality. This yeah. is for, for Tommy. <laughs> Amazing. I, I like that, that uh, particular point to illustrate that with this particular example, mm -hmm. because... 
there, there are things that we can never totally generalize, even like for, exactly. for, for tools. It, it depends on specific cases and how they're being used. And I think that this is one of the most amazing cases. I always, I also felt in the past inspired to create some sort of experience also related to mental health. And also mm-hmm. it happened to be for uh, cancer patients and also okay. kids. Uh, so I feel absolutely my hair in that. I actually did a design in XR for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, it was maybe about one or two years ago. And I was totally inspired because a family member, a, a little, a little girl also un- underwent this type of situation. So I kind of felt, you know, because of that to create something that could help kids in that sense. So, that uh, but what the example that you show absolutely is one of those cases where we say people is remote and maybe they cannot walk and they would like to explore the world. Hey, virtual reality is amazing for this. You know, exactly. it's kind of like games. Games can be used in a educational setting where kids can learn new things, or it can be games about just killing people and just for, you know, like <laughs> an addiction, like those cases could be. So it depends. It depends on the case. It depends. It depends. Absolutely. absolutely. So how, how, what is happening with Noah and a real? These are other two projects that, uh, and we are also developing uh, other projects as well. Oh. Uh, NOAA is um, a simulation of the magnetic resonance, so the, of, the MRI, of the MRI test. Oh. Uh, this is a project that we developed with uh, private clinics in Italy. And uh, think about elder people who are prescribed to make an MRI. So the MRI is, is no, is, is entering in this tunnel uh, for a long time and not all people understand how much is it annoying. All the sounds, the claustrophobia inside, and a lot of people discover to be claustrophobic once they get inside. So in that case, they say, stop it. I don't want to make it. I need to go out. I'm scared. Please stop it. And this is a problem for patients. But this is a problem also for the clinic, for the hospital, in terms of cost and time. So together with this hospital, we made an entire simulation in virtual reality of the entire procedure of the MRI. So when a patient is prescribed the MRI, before going in the actual MRI, they make the entire simulation and they understand if they are claustrophobic, if they are scared, and of what. So they can also discuss with the with the physicians, with the medical staff, and say, hey, I, I don't want to enter, but they can say it before, not during the test. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they can say, when I undergo the test, please uh, keep in mind this aspect, maybe change this, because in that case, I will be more comfortable to stay inside. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an educational tool. Mm-hmm. It's an educational tool to minimize the anxiety and the fear of patients undergoing this kind of test, and also to increase the efficiency of the test inside of the hospital. Ariel is a project that we developed with Novartis, with the pharma company Novartis. So um, we attention the very particular target of patients, adult patients undergoing uh, blood withdrawal, so these are patients with anemia, sickle cell disease, rare cell disease, who, under, who undergo blood withdrawal for the entire life, every second week. Wow. So it's very challenging. It's very annoying. It's very sometimes depressing situations, going there, staying there for three hours. So uh, Novartis said, 
how can we help those patients be more comfortable during all the sessions? So we developed this, this experience, which is also a gaming experience made of different kind of activities where patients can play and can engage and can go beyond the hospital because, you know, sometimes hospitals are very nice. Not always. So uh, patients can wear the headsets. They can find themselves in this magical space, more engaging, and they can play. Even if they need to stay physically still for a lot of time, they can still engage your mind. Because virtual reality is all about this. It's a cognitive tool. It's something that uh, engages your mind, stimulates your brain, even if you are still and forced to stay in a hospital. So this is another kind of project. And we're also working on other projects as well. Wow, it sounds fantastic <laughs> because I imagine maybe patients at some point saying, I actually want to keep going so I can keep going up in the levels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Treatment, you know, exactly. Like, but think think about all the revolution that we are encountering right now with the AI. Oh, yeah. So uh, when we we look at all the game engines that we are using, Unity, for instance, I don't know what kind of game engine do you use or do you prefer, but yeah. Unity is absolutely one of the most important right now, especially for VR. And um, Unity is going to implement also AI very soon. Oh, yeah. We saw, we saw some, some, some initial posts. Imagine of having the opportunity to design entire games or virtual reality scenarios just by spelling them. Oh my. Just like we do with a text to image or stable diffusion or mid journey. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, we envision huge opportunities for patients because every patient can create their own experience to explore within the hospital. Even more, even more freedom to, you know, exactly. drive their own way that they want, like putting these twists to plots and exactly storytelling, plans. collaborative sessions. It's, it's a huge opportunity. I'm super excited about that. Actually, you know, because I like the world of design. I use my journey every single day to create ah, okay. the designs. <laughs> I'm super like prompt, the prompts, how, you know, like you start to learn what kind of like how is that the artificial intelligence understands better certain things and which ones maybe not, all of these things. So I believe I'm super excited. When you mentioned AI, I said, wow, yes, <laughs> yes, this is. And I also saw from Unity uh, the last uh, publication official, officially that they did about the AI and we are all excited. Yeah, implementation. To see exactly. How, when exactly. it comes and we can start putting the hands on creating in different new ways and offering the users, or in this case, the patients, these abilities to create by themselves as well. So super, super exciting. I feel- I would like to, <clears throat> I would like to add just one, uh, one last thing. Um, side to software studios, I'm also part of uh, the extended reality safety initiative, the XRSI. That this is a um, no-profit organization, which is acting globally. And we are working with a huge network of stakeholders, professionals, uh, focusing, you know, on uh, the topics of digital safety and privacy when it comes for the metaverse and immersive technologies. Because, you know, virtual reality is amazing. Uh, it's a it's a projector of virtual scenarios, but it's first of all a sensor, so you can collect a huge amount of data. And from collecting data, you can do good things like personalizing the scenarios. But you also can do bad things sometimes, not just breaching, collecting data about the privacy of people. 
So all these technologies are huge, a huge potential. But the huge potential comes if we are able to understand and recognize what are the potential risks. Especially, I'm dealing with the child safety in uh, DexRSI, and we are discussing with a lot of stakeholders, policymakers, educators, families, what are the risks and the challenges of virtual reality for children? Mm-hmm. From content, which is not appropriate to specific age, to the possibility to meet people in their avatars who are not there saying to be, there are many challenges. So um, the challenge right now is to recognize the benefits, but also the risk and try to balance, to maximize the first and minimize the second. Yeah, that's a conversation that I always also like to have about ethics and also the safety, as you mentioned. Um, because my background is in engineering, actually, and, and in engineer, okay. engineer, for example, in Canada to become an engineer has to undergo actually many exams about ethics, safety, because everything can be put the health of the public in risk. Exactly. So in that, I'm super, super excited and super grateful, actually, that you mentioned that, um, there are many things that we have to do in our part, especially the people that is developing, the people that is the, making design. Uh, we don't want the same case that happened with social media where mm-hmm. our data can be sold. Exactly. Where the other uh, um, issue or aspect that I find very interesting is that once artificial intelligence evolves more and become a little bit more autonomous, maybe it might be a risk of no, of ourselves not knowing if another avatar that we're seeing there is AI, maybe mani- like, you know, manipulated um, advertisement, for example, in the form of AI. And uh, how we're going to distinguish that and, and who is going right. to own our own data and our own, you know, privacy. All of this, it has so many issues that are super interesting. <laughs> um, I am inviting everybody. We're going to do a special post about this. I'm inviting everybody to follow Valentino on LinkedIn, especially, right? Because that's where I've seen uh, yes. the stuff that you write on LinkedIn. I Maybe I don't make as, as enough comments as I should, but I read your posts <laughs> and I love them. So just, so, just so you know that I'm one of your followers, like a fan, fan of you. So thank you so much for all the content that you create, all the educational, like your background is amazing. And I feel that any anyone who wants to be in this field should be learning from leaders like you. Is Thanks there any lot. other Thanks. place where you feel that people, you know, could get in contact with you or for if anybody has any questions about software studios, etc.? Absolutely, I would say LinkedIn at the moment. Um, we are communicating on LinkedIn. Of course, we, we are also on Twitter or on, on Facebook, but LinkedIn is a good way. It's where we met, we meet our network, where we meet our collaborators and partners. So please, let's connect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Valentino. I wonder Thanks if there lot. is anything that you wish I had asked you today. It's, uh, I think that we covered very, a very broad, uh, library of topics. Let's, uh, let's follow up with this. I'm open to questions from all the people following today's uh, session and, uh, we're happy to continue the discussion. It's only the beginning. <laughs> yes, it's only the beginning, but it's very exciting. Thank you so much for your presence. Thanks a today. lot. So much kindness and insight shared today and your project that is, I can say from, from right now, God bless your project because it's <laughs> helping so many people and really people in need, especially when we are dealing with stressful situations in the healthcare field. Thank you so much, Valentino. Thanks and a lot. See you soon. Bye for now.